I think it's all collectible, all awesome. Screw the Garys and the Georges. Okay, Paula Abdul. (laughs) (laughs) We were all on the same page, I thought. Hey, toy family, welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gay Ham. <laughs> I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. Welcome, George. <laughs> How long has it been since we talked to you, George? A uh, month or so, probably. No, it's got to be longer than that, because our last episode was a month ago. Oh, yeah, then before. I mean, it was before... New York, New uh, New York, Five Points, whatever that thing's called, Five Points. Let's look this up. Yeah, it's been a while. The last record to... you were on was May twentieth. Damn. <laughs> really? I, I just assume you guys don't do episodes when I'm not there, right? Right? Like you guys don't keep doing them. The only reason we do, do this is for you. No one will be listening, so we just like. Just decide, hey, George isn't recording. Let's just not go ahead and record. Let's just don't. There's no other ones other than the ones I'm on. (laughs) Every once in a while, we take a shot in the dark, but we need George. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, hey, strangers. By the way, my name is not Gay Ham. That was an inside joke for anyone who knows what that is in reference to. And I don't, but I'm going to go with it. It's Pride Month. Uh, you got to give a little context. You're not going to tell people what it is? Yeah, okay. So there was a second colorway release of the 20-inch Autumn Stag Denny that I had designed. And it's still available, by the way. So it's a beautiful brown and pink colorway. It, it matches the 3-inch uh, version that was in the DTA Denny series. And, and this is the 20-inch version. And the dry brush on this piece is amazing. So we are extremely proud of how this piece turned out. And it's still available at select reta- uh, retailers. So you can go to kidrobot.com, Rotafuji, Martian Toys, Strange Cat Toys, Iron Retro. I believe uh, they're available at some of these places. So it's... Uh, if you missed out on the first one, do not hesitate on this one. I believe there's only 120 pieces made. So once these are gone, these are gone. I can tell you this is the last of the 20-inch colorways. So this will be it. Um, but anyways, going back to the the Why the Gay Ham intro. So they made a 360 turnaround video of uh, the latest Dunny. And there was a typo. They left out the R in my name. So it, it reads, uh, designed by like Gay, gay Ham. So uh, that's Why the Gay Ham in the intro. It was the I'm, well, laugh, enjoy I'm laugh sure to you it's probably not the best, but <sighs> Gary messaged me. <laughs> it is what it is. There's nothing I could do about it. It's, you know, they did change it. They sent me a new video with you know, the correction. So I posted that on my Instagram, but they kept the, their uh, boo-boo up on their Instagram feed. But uh, it is what it is. I think it's hilarious. Was you weren't the only one. I did receive several DMs that, well, actually all week, I think. And you know what? I've actually, in, in my own signature, sometimes I sign so fast that I have left out the R2. So there are toys out there signed as gay ham. I wonder if it was a mistake. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> so, George, what have you been up to? Uh, I think we need to start with you, sir. The, and the reason this podcast hasn't really been here for a month. That's not exactly true. But yes. Yeah, when we Now, when we got back from Five Points Fest, yeah, I had a lot of packing to do. My family and I, we moved to the Pacific Northwest. 
So we are now living in Washington State. We moved to a small, like a kind of lakeside city called Lake Stevens. And the reason for the move is I came out here because I accepted a job with Funko. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. So I started this week, so I've got a full week on job, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Yay! Well, I think that we should, it's, it's now mentioned, and I think we should now mark that we will no longer be talking about Funko <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast because you would like to keep your job. Very much so, yes. So. so now Funko is now off limits, so everyone can put mark that down. No more Funko. Yeah, there's, you know, anyone who knows, like there's C&D stuff with this sort of stuff. And yeah, I can't be talking about, uh, you know, the company I work for. And the same thing, George, you've, I've heard you've uh, been offered to work for toy companies in the past too. And you have turned those down because they had stipulations and contracts and whatnot to where you couldn't even have done toy break. Yeah. And yeah, there was, there was things in the past that I just didn't, I didn't want to give up toy break at the time. And I didn't want to give up, you know, my, making my own stuff on the side and, Sometimes real companies demand that kind of stuff. So I was actually wor- worried you weren't even going to be able to do this, actually. So that's cool that they're allowing you to keep doing that. Yeah, I know. That was important. That's great that they're allowing me to do that because it's, it was a great offer. Um, and the fact that I could still come here and do this every weekly because I love toys. I love talking about toys. So nothing's going to change. I just work for a different company and uh, live in a different state. Besides that, everything's going to proceed forward. I'm still going to produce my own toys on the side as well as develop toys for Funko. Awesome. It's exciting. Do a toy job. A new toy job. Does that Jessica just from the other room said, does that mean he can get us into special events? Like what? <laughs> like what special events? What's, like what? Funko Fun Days? Funko Fun Days at Comic Con? No. No, 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 no. I can't help you with that. How about a tour of Funko when we come up to the Pacific sure, North? Yeah, come on out. You got a place to stay if you guys ever want to come out. There you go. Yep. We got it in. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the new position. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, you don't even know what the position is? I don't. What is the position? Are you allowed to say? I didn't think you'd be allowed to like talk more about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't. there's no reason I shouldn't be able to. I mean, my official title would be art director. Or, that's my role. Oh. So, so you are you working with... Now, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Greg's there, so are you working with Greg? Are you Greg's boss? I guess in the hierarchy of things, if people want to picture it that way, I guess I would be a little... A couple notches above Greg. As it should be, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love you, Greg. We do. We do love Greg. But honestly, if if you if anyone went back and listened to the episode that Greg was on, like this is something that's been a part of our lives. He and I have pretty much worked at every place of business together. Like since we were fifteen, we started as busboys at a restaurant together, then as waiters together, and then we moved on to Fox Animation for five years. We worked in special effects, and then from there on to an educational company, and now the Ham Brothers are back together again at uh, Funko. So, um, and honestly, from working the uh, you know this week at Funko, I don't think anyone even realizes I'm there. It's like everyone just thinks Greg got a promotion. That's honestly kind of what it feels like. Like we're getting confused for each other all the time on the floor. So, um. It's, it's, this is just a really cool time. The position seems really perfectly fit for me. It's an amazing place to work. The creative team is absolutely awesome. So I'm just really um, looking forward to the future. And the best part is our families being together again. My boys back together with their cousins and they can play every night and weekend. And we can just go around exploring this cool little uh, town. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. 
And honestly, yeah, please come out. No one ever came to visit me in Phoenix, Arizona. It was too damn hot. So we uh, have some nice summers here in uh, Washington. So please, come, no, don't be strangers. We have a, you have a place to stay if you ever want to come out. And you have grass now. Yay! I do have grass. Grass and trees in the backyard, which is a beautiful thing. And weather. We'll actually, yes, we'll actually, <laughs> we'll actually have seasons. That'll be nice. Yeah, it's really loving it. Last night was insane. I I thought fireworks were annoying in Phoenix, but here it was like a full-fledged war zone. Every which direction. It seems like every other house in the Tri-County area went out to the fireworks stands and just bought everything they could. And so it's been going on all week, but after about 10 p.m. last night, it was absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. We went outside, smoke-filled skies, colorful skies, but the fireworks continued until just past 1 a.m., which was I was not expecting. Ooh, <laughs> That's awesome. I would not have been happy. I've become that grumpy adult. They were still going on past 11, and I was trying to go to bed. And so I was, I almost like ran out. There are people behind my house. I have like an open hill. And I almost was that grumpy adult who like went out there and scolded whoever it was and been like, it is too late for this. Stop. <laughs> Go to bed. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You know, by that time, they're probably drunk just shooting these things off. They're not going to uh, listen to you. I think there is like a cutoff. Usually it is after 11, but what are they going to do? Someone pops. You know, what's annoying is they save the loudest ones for last. That's the craziest you know, part. They want the big finale. Yeah, they do. So, George, but, okay, so we talked about me. Well, Where real have you quick, been? So, Gary, are, are we going to be able to know what you're working on, or you're not allowed to disclose stuff? I mean, I know you can't say, like, I'm working on this thing that's going to happen in a year, but, like, when it comes out, can I be like, hey, did you direct that? You can certainly ask, no, 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 no. And, but whether I can answer you or not is, is a different thing, but... Okay. I can't talk about anything until it's been released to the general public. And after that, I should be able to say whether I had a, you know, a role in something or not. But it's, it's, it's a whole team effort, though. It's just fun when I can – when I know Greg every now and again will post and be like, hey, this is a project I, I've been working on. I'm excited to finally see it out there. So it would be cool to know. I mean, I guess if you're being an art director, you're probably going to touch a lot of things. But Right. No, I hear what you're saying. And, and when I can, I will definitely share some stuff with you guys. But until then, I, can't, I certainly can't share anything. But um, – Let's move off of me and move on to George. George, where have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Where, where, what was the last? Well, you, well, know, you went to I, the Vegas licensing expo there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about there. It's just a, that's a meetings show. It's not like you're, I mean, your only reason to go is if you're trying to get licenses or talk, talk to, you know, to vendors that you already have licenses with that kind of thing. Right. Um, did you yeah. see? Did you see any Thimble Stampolo stuff? <clears throat> I did not. I I don't know who who there would have had it. Um, I didn't see that company that whatever that four nerds buy nerds or whatever it's called. <laughs> four four fans buy fans. <laughs> oh, that, so no, I didn't. I don't know who like. I don't know if they had a booth or if they were just there walking around. Like not every like not every company has like a booth there. They some people just go and make other meetings, you know, set up other things. So like I, I just go cause I go with Ben cause he wants to get licenses and he talks to people and I kind of go to talk him down and say, stop <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring, try and bring reality back. But it, it doesn't work. I usually just go to hang out. So I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I, I don't know what the thimble stump hollow things are. I saw that picture on Instagram today or yesterday from, what was it? Animated, Expo? 
Yeah, it was an anime expo. So I think it's the first official event that Thimblestump Hollow has been at as a licensed product under the Four Fans by Fans. So there was a booth there, and um, I actually know someone who attended, and so they sent some pictures over of the different stuff they have. So it's stuff like T-shirts and coffee mugs and bags and basically like vectorized versions of their latest, like actually series one and series two characters and different poses and stuff. And it looks really cool. And there was a giant blow up photo op. And so I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to come, but it was exciting to see those starting to roll out. So I just wasn't sure if um, the licensing expo had anything there too, that was like previewing what's to come. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything specifically there. Um, Again, I could have missed it, but I didn't know. I didn't notice anything as we were walking around. Okay. It's more, yes. more for like big giant brands like, you know, Coca-Cola and the Lone Ranger 50th anniversary or whatever. Like, oh, it's all that kind of stuff. It's it's big things and dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's leave the licensing expo. Now George gets on an airplane and he goes to the United Kingdom. And George, you actually go to a real toy convention out there. And what was the name of this toy convention again? It was Toy Art UK 2019. Okay. Now, did uh, you plan the trip to specifically go out to Toy Art UK, or did it just happen to fall in line with your – because I know you were doing, like, a trip out there to visit Dr. Ray and his family. It was really just a visit. Uh, Jessica gets uh, two vacations a year, one of them in the beginning of – like, the end of June, beginning of July, and then one at Christmas time. So she likes to do stuff on her vacation, so we decided to plan a trip because – Bruce has been, uh, Dr. A has been asking us for years to come out just saying, Hey, come visit me, come visit me. And finally we were like, you know what, let's just do it. We, we have never been, let's, let's go out there. And we told him the days that we had available to come out that were her vacation. And he said, well, I'm available all these days, but I have this convention on this day, just so you know. And we were like, Hey, that's perfect. Let's plan it around that so that we can go to a toy show while we're out there. Nice. So we made so yeah, so we made it work so that we we did London first and did the touristy stuff around London and then took a train up to where Bruce lives and hung out with him for another the, the last portion of it. And during that we went to the toy show with him. Nice. Cool. I feel like I feel like that's way the way to do it with the shows in the UK or even overseas, because I've never been to Europe or overseas and I feel like if I ever went, I'd want to do a show plus like see the sights. Sounds perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was it, we it was it turned out really perfect. I think. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. If Jessica wants to pop in, she can, but she's in the other room doing a puzzle. <laughs> hey? Important no? business. Um, I love puzzles. Um, no, I'm calling you out for not coming in and talking about our trip. So I love the, puzzles. the big thing in London that I wanted to do outside of like before we got to see Bruce up in his area was uh, the Harry Potter studio tour. Yes. And I'll tell you, that thing is worth the trip alone to see that. Like, whatever with London, it's just a city. Like, it's a city like every other city is, you know, it's old buildings, every story you've ever seen in your life, and then, you know, everything you've seen in movies. It's all the same stuff. But the Harry Potter Studio Tour, holy cow. It was pretty good. Like, I think George said that someone was like, oh, we spent eight hours there. And I was like, how could you spend eight hours there? We spent eight hours <laughs> <laughs> open to close they had so to kick you it, out 
But is it where they filmed? Is that what it means by studio? Yeah, so it's it's on the studio lot. So the, the Warner Brothers studio is about, what, is it, like a half hour outside or four, maybe 45 minutes outside yeah. of um, outside of London. It's where the studio is actually located, where the sound stages are. And what they did is once they were done filming all the Harry Potters, instead of tearing all the sets down and making the empty warehouse again, they decided to, like, consolidate everything some of it they left right where it was, and some of it they moved closer and consolidated all the sets so that they turned it into like a walking tour. So you can actually walk through the warehouse where they used to film everything, and you're on oh, the cool. set. So like you, okay. it opens and you're in the Great Hall, and you're standing in the Great Hall that they filmed in. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's yeah, it's amazing. And then like you go behind it and you see like the fake wall. You know, like you go behind the Great Hall and there's the the back of the wall you know, made of fiberglass and foam. And you're like, oh, wow. It's like, mm-hmm. you see how fake everything is, but how amazing it looks when you're standing in it. It's really cool. And then it was also kind of nice because we did a like private tour, not a private tour, but it was like a 15 person tour. And the tour guide like went behind the rails and like kept bringing up the props to us so we could see. And so that was like kind of cool. Like we got to see like the actual Harry Potter scar or the scar on his head or any like costumes or anything. She would bring it up and like show you everything. And so that was kind of nice as well. And it's everything. Like it's, it's tons of the sets. It's like every prop, every costume, like everything is in there. Like there's one cage of stuff where they didn't know where to put it. So they just like made this cage in the middle of the room and just jammed a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It's like if you're a Harry Potter fan at all, or if you're if you've ever even like, even if you've just watched them casually, it's worth seeing this stuff in person. It's really cool. I'm actually curious, yeah. Teresa. Is this yeah? the first pop culture thing that you're probably familiar with? Oh, good God! <laughs> I course I know Harry Potter. I know I know more than Harry Potter, though. Well, of course you do, but most of the stuff that George and I talk about is stuff that. Four-year-old guys seem to know about like so Harry Potter is something that you're very familiar with, I would assume. Oh yeah, I grew up reading, and I went to all the book releases like as a kid. Like I remember me and my friend at the time, we went and we got to stay up to like midnight to wait for the book to release. Okay. Oh yeah, this is like my childhood. I love Harry Potter. Did you dress up? Uh yeah. Hermione. No, I would wear like Harry Potter glasses. I didn't get, like, full-on into it. I'll never forget, though, we had this debate with this girl over how to say Hermione's name, because this was pre-movie. And we were, like, full-on debating. We were like, no, it's Hermione. She's like, no, it's Hermione, Hermione, or whatever. I don't know. We would sit, and this girl, this, like, random stranger and I would just debate about how to pronounce that. <laughs> I, I like that you probably read the book calling her Herm. Herm- Hermione. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think I thought it was. I think spell. I thought it was Her- Hermione or something like that. I totally was saying it wrong in my head when I was reading. That's pretty That's hilarious. So <laughs> See, I feel like Harry Potter is your generation's Star Wars. I think anyone who's a kid today probably doesn't care about Star Wars at all unless their parents kind of like bring them up to be Star Wars fans. So I think, like, am I correct in that? Do you think? Yeah, because I'm not. I don't know. I think it's a little. I think that there's still a lot of Star Wars fans, but yeah, it's definitely the parents who were Star Wars fans having their kids watch Star Wars. Yeah, and that definitely plays a part. But I just think that Harry Potter is Teresa's generation of Star Wars for you and I. You know, our generation. 
I think so. I think Harry Potter is even cooler than Star Wars. I'm gonna have to say. Yeah. Both are good in their own right. I mean, I've gotten more into Star Wars because of the recent movies, but um, I still haven't watched all of the older ones. So but you have seen all the Harry Potters, right? Of course. See, there you go. Well, let's move on. So you mentioned that you went to Toy Art UK. That was a one-day convention out in was that London? It was in Leeds. In so Leeds. it was uh, yeah, north north of London, um, a few a few hours north. How was that? Uh, when you went out as an attendee, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it yeah. I went, we went as attendees, um, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was uh, it was great. It was it it was the exact feeling of. Like decon, VTN, like yeah, like when you were VTN, were you ever out at any of those? Yeah, I went to a couple of those. Yeah. So when it was still VTN and it was like under the stairs, or when it was like you know in that smaller kind of field, right? Where it's like you know I think there was thirty five vendors or something like that, right? Or there's so there's thirty vendors. Okay. Uh, Just enough to like, you walk around for a couple hours, you can talk to everybody, Mm -hmm. like. We walked and talked to like most of the people, and I think we it was a full day. It was, yeah. and it was only like ten to four. It's like the perfect amount of time. I'm curious, how is the Marsham Toy Hour represented there? Are people in the UK like familiar with? Do they listen? Do they? Yeah, okay. we had yeah we had a all the people that because you know I put it out on my Instagram. And I think toy geeks. I think I was able. Yeah, I think I was able to get it on a couple, on an episode because by the time I figured out we were going, we hadn't recorded again here, so I wasn't able to put it out here. But I did put it on Toy Geeks and on Instagram, um, and people, you know, people were Marsham listeners. We have listeners out there. Awesome. Cool. So hello to all the listeners of, <laughs> of Marsham that are at hello to- UK Marshamites. Marshmallows? Is that what we decided on? That's, That's what, what Teresa decided on, so we stuck with That's it. That's what I do. <laughs> That's her contribution, deciding what we call the listeners. Marshmallows. Sounds like something to me. It's either that or hamsters. Yeah, no, I don't, I, like, I, like I don't like hamsters. No, I don't either. But everyone went, mm. I guess we'll stick yeah. with Marshmallows until someone comes up with something better. <laughs> hey, it's awesome. It's staying around forever. So what, can, what, but, what, what else can you tell us about Toy Art UK? Um, oh God, what do you want to talk about about it? It was, the talent was amazing. Like every booth had really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, the sculpting was, was great on so much stuff. The, there are artists that, you know, we have familiar names with here that we've heard on the show before. Um, and then there are artists I'd never heard of, but are amazing. Some of them are Ardman uh, animators, like guys that work for Ardman Studios. So, you know, it's, you know, that they have great talent there. Yeah, nice. Being a smaller event, that kind of tells me that there probably wasn't like a lot of mass production vinyl releases. So I imagine a lot of the stuff was a more handmade, hand casted resin type stuff. Yeah, customs. more. Yeah, there were customs, and then there was more a lot of independent artists making okay. their own things. So it's that kind of decon, like the the handmade style stuff, right. like a run of thirty of something in resin and hand painted that kind of thing. Um, not not really a lot of like. Star Wars bootleggy kind of things, nothing like that. Real, it was all like original kind of designs, designs like real creative type stuff. Okay, and then a lot of a lot of customs using the platforms and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a few of that. There was like a like a, a few booths that had like custom Dunny 
releases, that kind of stuff. Or I don't want to start shouting names because then I'll forget to say names or I won't say somebody's name and be like, why don't you say my name? Uh-oh. So like, I'm trying not to say anybody's name so that I don't get into that trap <laughs> or I'm, or I'm going to read 30 names right now. And then I'm going to say it everyone. <laughs> or that one person. Yeah. You all said 29, but yeah, you mine. said everybody, but my name. So I don't want to like, I'm going to say no one's name so that I don't screw up. Playing it safe. <laughs> it's down. It does sound like a similar show to ToyCon UK. It, it seems like the the UK shows are really big on customs. I mean, mm. it just not that our not that our other shows aren't, but it just seems like a big thing over there that there's a lot of customizers, and that seems to be a big focus. You know what? I would, say, I would say it was less customs than it was original art. Like I, I would definitely say it was more people making original things yeah. than customs. It was okay. custom second and then production third. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was people making hand, you know, hand runs of, of their own character and, and really being like real creative with it. Cool. I put up I a like- few pictures on my Instagram for anybody that's interested. You could see, I think I put it up there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if not, I'll put it up by the time this goes up. But yeah, I think I put up a bunch of, or a few pictures of some things that, you know, just random booths I took a few pictures of and, Oh, I wish I could say that one. It's so good. No. <laughs> say it. Try there it. Was, well, Go ahead. There was one one guy that had this thing called. It was a five minute discussion. <laughs> this guy made this made this character. You know what the Greatest Showman is? Yeah. Yeah. That that movie, movie? with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> so he made, you know, the poster. It's like Hugh Jackman with his arms out to the side. It's got the blue with the light shining down on him, and the red. He's in the red suit. Yeah. So somebody t- took that like image, but he made it. He made a tardigrade sculpt wearing the red suit with, and he like photographed it with the blue light and everything, and he called it the tardigrade showman. He made a he made a sculpt for it. Yeah, he made a sculpt for it. It's called the tardigrade showman. And I was dying all day <laughs> on that piece. I can tell that you're very amused just in your description of it. The guy's name is Mike Strick, uh, the Tardigradest Showman. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. I love the name. That makes it. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica hated it the whole time, and I was just dying. Well, because George doesn't fucking, sorry, like, explain it. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. And he's like, it's the TARDIS Greatest Showman. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And he's like, you know, the movie, The Greatest Show. And I'm like, I know what the movie is, George, but what is the thing? And he goes, it's a tardigrade, duh. And I'm like, but what the fuck is a tardigrade? And he's like, it's the tardigrade showman. Like, he explains nothing at all. And I was like, so the tardigrade doesn't really do anything? And he goes, no, it's just a pun on the name. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing that we're ever laughing at, ever. I didn't want to say anything, but I have no idea what tardigrade is. No, don't ask George, because he'll just tell you it's a tardigrade. (laughs) The tardigrade is the water bear. That doesn't yeah. mean anything. <laughs> so then it turns out that the tardigrade is just the smallest, um, like, living particle in the world or something like that. Okay. It's a microscopic animal. It's the smallest microscopic <laughs> thing. It's the tardigrade showing. <laughs> yeah. The Don't act like you know what they're talking about, Teresa. Come and on. I don't know what they're talking about. You don't know what the tardigrade is? 
No. Nobody no. does. Don't you remember the character that was in the the sculpt category DTAs? That the was VR. Like little the one that George was saying he didn't think should be there. That one. Yeah, yeah. that's the tardigrade. I, but that wasn't a bear. You're saying it's like a little microscopic bear. No, no, no water it's bear. Called, it's called a water oh. bear. Like, yeah, that's a... see, I don't get any of this. This is above my yeah. grade. Don't worry. We'll be on the same team. <laughs> and mind you, this I is I get it now. It took me a bit to understand, but the pun is awesome. It's very punny. Well, just so you know, Mike is a listener. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Gary. Hey, the ones that sculpted that Tarbus in the Designer Toy Awards is also a listener. Doomco, I think they're called. Oh, were they? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet well, they're not listening know, anymore. We're <laughs> laughing because you know George doesn't care. He's like, bye. This actually transitions really nicely to something that we uh, saw on the Martian Toy Hour Facebook group. Someone posed a question on there. So let's segue to that. So the question uh, the listener had for us was, are resin figures equally as collectible as vinyl figures? So what do you guys think about that question? How would you answer it? That's a solid question. Uh, that's a dumb question. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are, you, are they equally as collectible? If you collect resin figures, then what is it? A figure is collectible if you collect it. Who cares what the material is? <laughs> the material, here's the thing. Material does not matter one bit. It's on your shelf. You're not, what is, who cares what material it is? Preference. Yeah, like if you like resin, if you like resin, then it's collectible. If you don't like resin, you're probably not going to collect that thing. Yeah, it's really personal preference, right? It's a personal preference. Some people prefer a production piece. Some people prefer resin. Yeah, it's 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 sometimes less about the material and more about the quality of the piece in general. Sometimes, but I'm a material person. If it's in resin, I'm probably not going to buy it. I mean, if you ask Sideshow, they're going to tell you resin's collectible. Right. Well, think about everything that Chris and Amanda do in resin. I have a crap ton of resin around here. Exactly. And it doesn't it's, matter. And it's, to me, it's not, like, the fact that it was made in resin versus vinyl wasn't as much of a consideration of for it for me. It was more about, do I like the thing? Like, yeah. if, but I don't care so much of whether it was made in vinyl or resin or even some things are made out of PVC or whatever, Japanese made, Chinese made. At the end of the day, it's more about the character and the design and the quality. Honestly, it's more about the quality of it than the, the material used to make it. Because at the end of the day, if it's a really crappily done resin or a crappily done vinyl, I'm not going to want it. But if it's done really well and it's really cute and I like it, I'm not going to sit and go, oh, but it's resin. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to want it because it's cute. You're saying this very adamantly. You're very. It's true, though. How I can't believe you're such a – you're like a material snob, No, no, Gary. no. It's not true. If you, I totally agree with you. If it's something I like, but resin, resin would not be my, my go-to material. I just love the feel of vinyl and it being a toy. For some reason, when it's – it is resin in my brain. It's not. It's more statuesque, more of a maquette than it being a toy. It, but there are plenty of toys. There are plenty of toys that prove me wrong in that in that case, though, because I do own some resin. But I would much prefer it to be vinyl if possible. It there is something to be said about vinyl giving it more of, I guess, that true toy feel because it is production and there's articulation usually and like. A, a certain look or whatever and, and resin is different. I mean, it is a different type of feel. So I guess it's you more of a production. You can have production resin. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It. Uh, I get it. I'm like looking around my room and I can see what you're saying. But at the same time, like at the end of the day, when I'm going up to buy something, I'm not, it's not coming down to a material choice. Like I wouldn't go up to a booth and look at something and be like, oh my God, that's awesome. I really, really want that. But then not buy it because I found out it was made in a certain material. I hear you. I think for me what it is, the resin tends to be, like George says, it, it can be produced and it is used for, uh, for production. But in our particular scene, generally, for the most part, when something is resin, it's when it's something hand-casted, hand-painted. And those pieces tend to be a little more spendy Expensive. Yeah. than what I particularly... I So I personally prefer to buy the mass-produced stuff because it's a little on the more affordable side. I don't need someone's... Hand, I don't, you know, like there's a lot of people out there that only want to get something from an artist because they know it's from the artist. The artist actually touched it and painted it and casted it. To me, that doesn't matter that much. I'll be just as happy with a mass production piece for, you know, a quarter of the price. So no, I, I 100% agree with that. If if I had a choice at the end, yeah, if I had a choice, if I was at a booth and there was the original, say, resin run. And then they got it produced later and I could buy it for half the price. I'll probably end up leaning the vinyl because a lot of times in that case too, sometimes the production piece is better from a quality standpoint. Yeah. Cause they've learned and enhanced it and done it in a production quality. So, so yeah, I mean, if it came down to a choice like that, I totally see that. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, so I guess to answer this question, I mean, yes, it's certainly resin can be as equally as collectible as vinyl. It all depends what the toy is, who's producing it, and, and what have you. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in your camp, Gary. I, I think that to be a, like a real I, – I got in trouble saying this in the past, so I'll try, try and <laughs> to be a, but, but to be a real toy, and by that I mean like a – to feel like an actual – like something you buy in a store – it's it's to me it's more it's made out of plastic it's got to be vinyl it's got to be pvc it's got to be abs it's got to be plastic it's got to be produced there's something about like a toy made out of a toy material you know and to me resin is a prototype material because in the industry i work in we produce prototypes in resin right and then when you're ready to go to production you send that to china and then you get your piece back so it's not a, it's not a finished toy until it comes back from china in a plastic until then, it's a prototype in resin, and that's all you have. So to me, those are more prototype materials. You realize, though, this is not, this is coming from someone who sells resin things at his booth. <laughs> yeah, but they're not toys. They're not finished. Those are those are just sculpts that I'm selling. Those aren't, like, finished toys. If it's, it's not finished to me until it's produced. I I get that to an extent. It's just... I don't know. I guess our scene, even though the word toy is in it, when we say designer toy, I just feel like it's, you know, we're more than just a vinyl toy. Well, we we have it's... customs and resins and sure. prints and, you know what I mean? Like it's art objects is what, you know, that a lot of people like yeah. to say for our toy scene, I think. But I think a lot of those resin producers, if they had the choice to mass produce whatever they're making in resin in a vinyl form, probably 90% oh, yeah. of them would choose to go the vinyl route instead of resin. 
For sure, but I feel like the the direction our scene has gone is a lot of people start with resin because it's something they can do on their own from home. They can produce low runs. It's a way to kind of hone in on their craft and their sculpts. And so it's just kind of like the the way in for a lot of people. So what you're saying is as a prototyping stage. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, but I don't look at all my little resin minis from Chris and Amanda and think I collected a bunch of prototypes. They're definitely not. Uh, And that's why this is a, this is a thing of opinion. I certainly don't look at any of the stuff that you own from Chris and Amanda and see it in in, any differently. It's just because their stuff is hand painted and handmade. Like that's generally why I don't buy that. It's just too expensive, which is why I love that they're working with like cardboard spaceship and scribble zinc. Like I can buy that stuff. It's, it's more affordable. You realize Actually, the minis are only 18, Gary. <laughs> okay, you got me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, maybe I am a material snob. I don't know. I love vinyl, but I do think that Chris and Amanda are the anomaly. They're not the, the they're, you know, their stuff is $18, but those are the really tiny pieces. Yeah, Teresa, if you made them out of PVC, they'd be $2. Okay, well, whatever. I like them. So you should, and they're great, and they're worth $18. They're actually probably worth more than that because the amount of time it takes is probably way more than $18. So you're getting a good deal by getting those at $18. Yeah, that's true. But I get it. I I mean, I think, I mean, if the question was back to, like, from a, was it from an artist standpoint, like an artist asking, like, should I produce in resin if the, if the questions around that i mean i don't i don't personally see anything wrong with it but i think you all make a good point that it like at some point if you can get to vinyl that's great because people like that and people are looking for that and from people who are about cost right being able to offer like you think about certain artists out there they have a they have a assortment right they have stickers up to uh like postcards and then they get into pins and uh, blind boxes that were produced up to like the expensive hand-painted one-off custom-y stuff right so if you can get to a point where you can have that range then you can kind of target everyone well and and here's the thing most people who are making handmade resins shouldn't be producing them they they shouldn't be because in order to produce something you have to make a large quantity of them and most of those things aren't going to sell in a large quantity you shouldn't so they shouldn't be anything more than resin handmade stuff that's the exact right uh medium for that piece you and you know you have to that's why a lot of the a lot of guys now are going or a lot of people now are going to japan and doing those low run japanese vinyls because it's almost like resin casting where you can do a small amount because a lot of these people can't sell you can't sell a thousand of something and until you can sell a thousand or more of something, you shouldn't be producing it. You should be doing handmade stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's I, the way it should go. But is it, the question of is it more collectible or less collectible? No, it's the exact same amount of collectible. It's just a matter of what you like to collect. I agree. And honestly, I feel like there's some people out there doing some crazy, wicked stuff with resin, like. Task One, for example, I know um, they just did a show through Clutter and they're doing some crazy like galaxy glitter, like hologram of a dunny or money inside of a dunny, like crazy killer stuff. That's just like I I, want to put 
I want to see one of those in real life. Cause even in photos, they look insane. And then muffin man sculpts has been doing those crazy Robin figures, crystal clear, bubble free resin. It's insane to me. And then even like this, like color shifting one where depending upon how the light hits it, it goes from purple to teal. Um, and he's even doing these like giant gummy bear ones. But like, there's just people out there who are taking resin. Even um, uh, Lucifer with the like little teeny, um, the Hono. That was all task one too. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And you know what? That res like to get that resin like that to get those crystal clear resins and all those colors and tints. It's a lot of work. Like don't you know? Don't think that just because I'm saying something is just a prototype doesn't mean it's not a ton of work. There's a lot of work to get those nice looking pieces made. Right. It's, and so, it's difficult. And that's why the price is more expensive. And it should be. Yeah. But I mean, when I look at that stuff, that's where I think at the end of the day, I go back to what I was saying at the beginning. For me, like it's not a material thing. And even like the doll the stuff Muffin Man does for Dolly Oblong with all of her pieces. I mean, they're they are like production because they're so well done. And so at the end of the day, I like I look at that stuff and I don't I just appreciate the the craftsmanship and what it went into it and I'm blown away and I just want it. I want I'm gonna bring up one of the guys from the UK the Toy Art UK show. Uh his name is Sam. He goes by Angry Hedgehog. Um, oh yeah, the little booze. Angry Hedgehog Toys on Instagram. His he's making these resin, he calls them Smashbot. He's they're they're these resin like robot guys that he does and he they're 3d sculpted uh and it's he has a he has a heavy toy background so the way that he makes all the parts to put them together i mean it he it breaks down the way a toy does it's got the it's it's like a two-part clamshell body that you know snaps together to hold the arms in place and hold the head in, in position and then it's got you know an articulated head and arms so it's like when it, when the shell closes, it locks everything in to where it's supposed to be, and all the like dirty sprue type stuff is on the inside, so that you don't see any of the bad. Like the outside is like perfect. He's even got a part where the eyes are cast in like a clear color material. It's got the open panel on the back, so if you shine the light, it looks like the eyes are lit up. Wow, they're beautiful, and he's got articulation in the arms, and it's all done with uh, bolts. So and that's all fit into the sculpture, so that it looks looks like it's made to be there, and they and it's articulated perfectly, and it's all held together tightly with like screws, and it's it's really nice. Like his, the quality on that stuff is was gorgeous. Yeah, I I actually so I know Angry Hedgehog from their mini booze, but yeah, so I I'm I hadn't seen the Smashbot, but I'm looking at it on Instagram and it's really cool. And I forgot they also produced a new figure called Shades, which are these sculptural, elegant looking. I don't even know. Like uh, they kind of look like. Gosh, I don't know. Like um, crystals with masks on there. Heads. I don't know how to explain them. I'm doing a terrible job, but they're really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> terrible job. And elegant, but... elegant is the right word. He said he actually he was because I was talking to him for a bit, and he said that he wanted something like that, like his his parents would get in their house. It's yeah, something, they're, they're... something you could just put on a shelf, and it just look. It's like a piece of art, like an elegant piece of art. 
Yeah, it's sculptural, and it reminds me a little bit of the Ikea glass figures they did. It's kind of just like a more simplistic form, but those are really cool, too. So see, people are doing really killer stuff with resin, you all. We didn't say they weren't, Teresa. <laughs> no, it, like I said, it all comes down to personal opinion and personal preference. You know, resin isn't my thing, but there's a lot of people who are into resin, and especially for the design objects. You're talking about the pieces that are for someone who wants to have this beautiful, gorgeous, like, uh, shiny object with different, you know, like, like I think of the um, Scott Tolson's, you know, Shard Dunny. Like, they're casting that in resin, and they're getting some amazing treatments for it. Like, the last one they call, I think, Versace had all this gold flaking on the inside. It doesn't appeal to me because it doesn't, I don't see that as a toy. That's, like, a really cool design object that you you place on your shelf, and it looks beautiful, but I want something that looks like a toy. So that's where the resin stuff, I guess. most of it just doesn't look like a toy to me. And the really impressive stuff that I see coming out in resin is all the stuff that you're talking about that tends to be really amazing, More. clear works and all the ex- experimentation. And again, I, I mentioned all that translucent and transparent and all that sort of stuff. That doesn't appeal to what I personally collect, but I can appreciate it. And it's you're right, it's, it's phenomenal when people can achieve it with a level of the expertise that we appreciate. I think it's all collectible, all awesome. Screw the Garys and the Georges. Okay, Paula Abdul. (laughs) We were all on the same page, I thought. (laughs) You all, I don't know. I feel like you all are saying, like, these are cool, but I hear like butts in your tone. There's too much butts. What's that thing that George says that you've been saying a lot, Teresa? It's not for me. Resin it's not for me, and that's not me. that's not me saying. I stole that from Chris Reiniak. Okay, Chris Reiniak. <laughs> it's not for me, Teresa. But is it equally as okay. collectible as vinyl? Certainly. But like, if you made like cute little miniaturized like characters of your characters, like people will be all over it. But I get and that's it. That's the thing. If I do ever do that, don't come back on me and say I'm a hypocrite or something because I said it doesn't. I would still make it if resin makes sense for that release. Like, I like resin. It just, I need to have it have that toy aesthetic that I'm going for. It's kind of a, it's, you all, there's the appreciation side, and then there's what you like to collect. And your, part of your scope of collecting is material. Not, not per se. I I, I own plenty of resin pieces. It's just not my go-to. Has any of your, your stuff been produced in resin? Aside from the Autumn Stag shelf? I've produced my cats in resin before. Simple Lady, uh, The Morsels was in resin. Uh, You're reaching back. Logan, the the one that we did at Five Points, the very first Five Points Fest, that was resin. We've done resin. No, that was Rotocast. Yeah, Rotocast and resin. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's resin. What? No. Yeah. That's resin. No. Yes. No, it is. Yes. Wait. Anytime you wrote it, we could no, 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 no. Rotocast is the process where it's where it's spinning in the. It's like slush casting where you're spinning it and it's you know splashing around the sides of the mold. That's what you're talking about for the rotocasting. But we use you resin to produce those. Resin. No. George, Why did I not realize what's going this? On here? I, Teresa doesn't know the names of materials and processes. No, 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 no. I'm just having, I don't know. Maybe like being away on our, <laughs> our 
summer break and I've lost my toy powers. I'm so confused. I don't know why, but in my head, I don't know. I didn't realize that was resin. Yeah, it's resin. I But what's cool about it is it doesn't necessarily look and feel like the resin that I generally think of. And that's why I liked what Rutherford did with that piece. It's, you, know, you would think it's like a harder vinyl. It almost feels like more of an ABS than what most people think of when they think of resin. Right. Well, resin tends to be solid. Like most people, when they make resin pieces, they're not doing rotocasting. They're just, they're building a mold and filling it with material. So they're heavier. Right. And what Rutherford did was he just poured a little bit of resin into the mold and then put it in his brotocaster and it got slushed around as it spun. So it just created a thin wall of resin and which created the, uh, the mold. It's, so it's, it's just lighter. You don't use as much resin to create what he made. I don't know why I didn't realize. Like, I'm having a moment. See, again, like, you, I obviously didn't care about the material. I mean, I literally sat there and filmed the process. How did I realize it was resin? Uh-huh. I don't know why I would think it was vinyl. I don't know. I just didn't. Well, I think. Having a moment here. I think a lot of people probably think like you were, Teresa, when if something is heavier and solid, it's got to be resin, right? Like, And that's how a lot of resin casters do. They pour all the resin into a mold, they throw it into a pressure pot or not, and then they pull out the piece. But resin can be hollow as well, just like vinyl toys where it's slush casted and rotor casted to get that thin wall of vinyl. So I'm sure some listener learned something too. And speaking of the listeners, I'm sure they're dying to know a little more about some of our sponsors. So, Teresa, where can the listeners go to fulfill designer toy needs, wants, and desires? You've got three lovely choices. We've got uh, the lovely My Plastic Heart. They have a brick and mortar in New York. Or you can go online, myplasticheart.com. They do have a code exclusive to Marsham. It's called ToyFam, T-O-Y-F-A-M. And if you spend $75 or more in the U.S., you get free shipping. And then the lovely Strange Cat Toys, based in Florida. They have a lovely bus. They drive around there every now and again. But if you want to check them out online, strangecattoys.com. And they also have a exclusive coupon code, which is Marsham, right? And that will give you what? 10% off your entire order. Shabam. And then 3D Retro, our lovely friends out in California. They have a brick and mortar shoot. I'm blanking. Run LA. Burbank adjacent. Yes. Thank you. And then, uh, yeah, you can check them out on 3dretro.com. And one of these days, hopefully we'll get a code for them too. And then for all the latest and greatest and to stay on top of designer toy news, where can they go? Two lovely locations, toychronicle.com. And they also have a sweet app you can download on your phone uh, and spankystokes.com. Perfect. Now, Teresa, let's catch up with you a little bit because I know I'm taking the brunt of why we were off for a month because of the move and starting a new job and everything. But you uh, were super busy as well. You weren't exactly readily available. So you were part of the problem, too. No, it wasn't. It was all you. No, no. It was all you. <laughs> I was. We were going to record last week, but you were sick. So that you had move, unpacking, sick, all you. Wasn't me at all. No. Um, it absolutely was you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I said I would have worked last week, and you said your office wasn't set up. Do not pin this on me, mister. Okay. We'll go, we'll go with your side <laughs> of the story. 
So I but saw no, that you I'm... saw you got something uh, commissioned from Horrible Adorables while we were away. That turned out really nice. I did actually, yeah. So I have. I will say I have been busy with work. I feel like we had a blast of five points, got back, and then you got wrapped up in your stuff. George, you got wrapped up in your stuff, and I just got put into craziness with work, and it's been insanely busy. But um, but yeah, on the side, I actually um, started the commission with them a while ago, so pre-five points. But they finally finished it and delivered it, and I have it hanging on my wall, and I'm looking at it now, and oh my god, it turned out so good! It turned out amazing. It looks really, really good. But I have to say, the process that it took, like it has nothing to do with Horrible Dorals, but you are just super particular. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty particular. Like, it's, you're the reason I don't do commissions. Explain <laughs> to George the, uh, yeah, the stages. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And also, some process- Oh, if you go, so yeah, if anyone wants to see the commission, um, if you go look at my Instagram, right now it's the first photo I have up. Okay. I don't know if I'll post anything else. But um, so, okay. So, Horrible Adorables, I mean, I've obviously loved their stuff, but I haven't bought anything from them that was a wall piece. And they did a show at Pick earlier this year, um, Dynamos and Whirligigs. And um, when they did that show, they were doing so many pieces that I just absolutely loved. And they were all freestanding. They were doing balloons and these uh, critters pulling wood carts with critters in them and all sorts of stuff. But there was a piece they made called a cliff climber that I absolutely loved. And it was one of their critters climbing up a wall. And then it had a swing hanging from its legs with a a little fuzzy critter sitting on top of it one of their fuzzy friends. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I love it so much. But I wasn't sure. One of the pieces sold and the color that was left wasn't really my colorway that I was um, 100% in love with. And so I reached out to Jordan and I said, hey, you know, I don't know if this is an option or not, but I absolutely love this cliff climber piece. I would just love to have it done in a colorway of my choice without an option. And she's awesome and said yes. And so... I worked to commission my own cliff climber. And the reason Gary's giving me a hard time is I, okay, I am extremely indecisive and I'm also extremely visual. So I have a really, really hard time picturing stuff unless I've seen the actual thing. And so um, most of it, like, I think you were seeing behind the scenes, Gary, but it was mostly me just working out what I wanted with you. I wasn't doing that to Jordan. I wasn't like, well, Jordan, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, Instead, it was more like, hey, Jordan, let me think on it. I'll get back to you. Like, I wasn't sitting and being like, Jordan, I don't know. Should I choose this option and listing like 100? I was trying to kind of like formulate in my brain and get back to her. But when she reached out, she was like, yeah, you know, just let me know what, you know, if you have certain colors in mind or whatever, and I can work to create a palette. But because I'm so visual... Like, I wasn't comfortable just saying, oh, maybe like a blue critter or a pink critter. Like, I felt like I knew how many variations they could have. And I felt like I needed to research. So, I mean, I went full on digesting their Instagram feed, Googling horrible adorables, like looking through and like trying to filter through all the different felt combinations they had ever done to get a feel for like, do I want something more monochromatic? Do I want uh, cool colors, warm colors, a mix, like a rainbow? Like what exactly do I want? 
And because I'm so visual, I felt like I needed to see it. So, I mean, I was even like, <laughs> I was going into Photoshop because I have Photoshop because of work. And I was like, photo, like taking a photo from the show of a cliff climber and like <laughs> hacking in different color palettes so I could visualize it. It was pretty crazy. But I ended up finding a piece that I really loved. And so I just sent that to Jordan and said, I finally figured it out. Like this, this is the color palette I want to use. So I just sent her a reference photo of a previous piece she did a while back and she just matched that. So there was, <laughs> you there make was it sound so innocent, George, this was, it's exactly like what she said. She was going into Photoshop, sending me told all these different combinations. Like, what, what do you think? And it was so many images. And I'm glad Teresa, this was all like your behind the scenes sort of stuff and how you were, trying to figure out what you were going to tell Jordan because I can't imagine many artists willing to deal with all that sort of stuff. So that's awesome that this was all behind the scenes stuff. And it was fun to see from my perspective to watch you as a collector go through and filter and just the bucket filling and Photoshop and all the different felts and all the different colors and <laughs> going through all of her Instagram. Like you were deep diving, like you said. And so it was interesting for me and funny, very funny for me to watch how much of a struggle this was for you. And that wasn't just enough. It wasn't just enough to get the felt color. Then like a month later, I feel like I get a photo. I, I just, I wake up in the morning to just, my phone is blown up to probably 20 images of just eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, glitter eyes. Which one do you think would look the best? I'm like, oh my God. It was just, you're very particular, Teresa. No, that wasn't me though. So like, I didn't, but see, I didn't go and say like, hey, Jordan, show me all the eyes. No, Jordan just did it. She's a sweetheart for doing that. She is. No, no. Like she, she didn't say like, hey, like she didn't just say, Hey, what eye color you want? She just said, Hey, here are all the options. And so she had, she just sent them all. So I was like, but crap, the problem was it was just the eyes sitting in her hand. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, I can't picture those eyeballs with the material very well because I'm visual. So then I was sitting and trying to Photoshop the eyes onto my Photoshop palette. And at the end of the day, I told Jordan, I was like, look, I'm super indecisive. I'm super visual. Like I'm trying really hard here, but I'm struggling. I said, instead of me picking an eye now is, is the eye something you do at the end? Is there a way that you could show me the eyes once you've laid the felt on the figure? And that's what she did. She said that was not a problem. And the whole time I'll tell you, the whole time I was like, Jordan, please don't hate me. I hope you don't hate me through this process. I know I'm indecisive. I promise I'm trying to be good. And she, she said I was okay. So I tried. <laughs> she's, she's being nice. I think anyone else, you probably would have dro- driven insane. Like that's, but luckily, like the horrible doorbells process is g- fantastic for this on-demand sort of approach. So for them, it's not a problem. I'm, I just I laugh because I know how a lot of other artists are, and this would not fly with them. No, I mean, but then, I didn't say <laughs> send me all the eye colors, and I didn't say send me a photo of every felt color you have or anything like that. It just took me time on my end to digest. And then she ended up sending me photos of the critter, like almost complete with the eyes on it. But I was even still struggling a little bit then because there was a piece, well, because there's a little piece of felt she adds around the, the eyes. eyes yes. and, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the lighting, is the lighting okay? Like, can I picture this like on my wall? So I'm just, <laughs> I'm indecisive, but I think I picked, I think I did good at the end. Like, I think the choices I made were the right choices. 
It's an absolutely beautiful piece. And I hope that you're happy with it because you probably spent more time on that thing than Jordan did. Are you happy with it on your wall? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I love it. Well, then you made the right choice. So, Jordan was awesome. And I'm sorry, Jordan, if I was a terrible customer. I don't feel like I was. I feel like I could have been a lot worse and that all of the pain was really on my end trying to just pick. Well, here's the thing. Did you commission the piece and then hassle them every day? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, hell no. Well, then you were a good customer. <laughs> That's the thing. If anything, I, I was the one saying, I'm so sorry I haven't sent you the color choice yet. Like I was like, I'm still trying to decide. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Just let me know whenever. So, I mean, it was really more on me. And so it wasn't like I sent it to her and I was like, okay, do it right now. I was like, sorry, it took so long. Like, here's my color. Whenever you can get to it. I know you're working a million other things. Yeah, I'm sure you're a fine customer. Everything was probably fine. And it's awesome. And it was worth it. And I don't know. I mean, you all, I know you've done commissions in the past, Gary. And I know you kind of despise them in general. But I think that's more, you just don't like doing this. Yeah, despite is, is not the best word because I don't despise them. I enjoy them when I can. I think the difference uh, is is it's not my full-time day job and it doesn't pay the bills. You know, commissions work is not paying my bills. Like that stuff I'm, I would be doing at night or on the weekends. I have a full-time day job. I have kids. So I don't take on a lot of commission work because I don't want the weight and things to feel like a burden. Like I want to work on what I want to in my free time. So a lot of the commissions more often than not just don't appeal to me, but, but there are a plenty that, you know, people are wanting autumn stack shelves and tree shelves and all this sort of stuff. And that stuff I would really enjoy, but again, it's just really time consuming to do. So I, I just don't have the time for it. And I think that's one reason I do a lot of shows is because I can create things for those shows, exactly what I want on somewhat of a, a lenient time frame. If someone sees it in a show and they like it, they, they buy it. It's, it wasn't like a made-to-order sort of thing. And I think that's the difference is the horrible, adorable system is perfect for the made-to-order thing if someone really wants to be something specific like you were asking for. Well, and not only that, but, I mean, they have in their shop listings for custom pieces. So, like, they'll say, get a get a custom wall mount, this critter in colors of your choice. Like, you can buy that and then work through the colors. Right. If anything, I feel like I made it a little easier because i didn't sit and go well let's try something blue right and then jordan would come back and i'd be like no that doesn't feel right try again no that doesn't feel right try again i tried to be like i tried to make it easier right by me doing the work to kind of analyze and then being like this palette just i like this palette no absolutely you totally made it easier for it and i just wanted to you know bust your balls because what i was seeing behind the scenes was crazy all the work that you were doing but so but really yeah you're perfect for their system and they're so set up for it. anyone who's seen a picture of the horrible adorable st studio they have shelves and shelves of full of already pre-cut colors and everything so their system is set up for this on-demand thing so you know getting a commission from someone like me i have to mix colors and go in the garage and cut pieces and it's a lot different than kind of what you were dealing with with them like they are so much more prepared for it and all sudden done, it came out beautiful, and you're extremely happy with it. That's that's what's important. She aims to please, and she pleased you. She totally did. Okay, let's move on because I I just wanted to you know kind of poke some fun at you and I give people a little behind the scenes of what I was uh, experiencing during that commission. But have you guys seen any of the Arcane Divination series two in hand? No, not in hand. Yeah, they're out. They were available for purchase, I think, a week or two ago. 
But I have, huh? I've only seen photos and the online photos. That's that is a phenomenal series. J. Rue and all the artists that were involved in that series, you all knocked it out of the park. Like they pushed the Dunny platform further than I ever expected and thought that even Kid Robot would allow the platform to be pushed. I mean, a lot of these pieces could probably be almost original sculpts uh, in and of themselves. But what I like about it is, yeah, the platform is really pushed, but at the same time, because they're all using the Dunning platform, the series feels very cohesive because of that versus if they just let all these uh, artists do their own individual sculpts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think can... some of them are barely even able to be called a Dunny at this point. But, they, I mean, they all look really cool. See, I and I know, actually, we we posted that in the group, some photos of it. And I think there's always going to be mixed feelings about pushing the Dunny form. You know, I think there's, there's people out there who prefer it, just the shape kind of as is and more pad printing or maybe some subtle sculpting. And some people feel that, really pushing it and sort of masking the dunny shape makes it not a dunny anymore. But I personally like seeing like to me, this series is a great mix of using the standard dunny all the way up to pushing it crazy far to seeing what you can do with it. So I think it's a really cool series. I agree. There's some piece in that series that just blew me away. And I, off the top of my head, I'm I can only think of the one that was like the the Japanese house with the dragon coming out of it. Jay Rue's ghost, the ghost girl. I, I, he almost looks like a like a double casted resin piece where the trees are on the outside yep. and the ghost is floating in the middle. And the, the the fact that they executed that in vinyl is it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous. I have not seen it in hand, but the online photos they have like a it's a clear dunny with a slight like a fade of fog on the bottom with trees printed on the outside. And I think there's a few different versions of it. I think there's another, a chase. Yeah, there's three. There yeah, there's three? two. There's, there's two. three. There's an imprisoned ghost. And then there's a, a glow in the dark, clear ghost. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there were the main one. And then there was two variants of that one, Teresa. So yeah, there were a total of three using Jesse's design with the ghost in the middle. But I have to say, congratulations to J. Rue, all the artists involved, Kid Robot for amazing execution. It's a, a absolutely gorgeous series. It's going to do extremely well. So um, well done. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm kind of curious too, which will be made bigger because they took the clairvoyant figure and they made a three inch version with a, this little companion. It's like in a bone white kind of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see, usually there's a trend, right? And some, some of these will be blown up into bigger pieces. So I'm curious what would be picked. But I also really liked the star, which was like a compass head. And it's sitting on um, kind of like a white base body and arms. And it looks like a ship kind of moving across the ocean. That one was really cool. Um, and I'm not sure since I haven't seen it in person, it gives the appearance of the compass kind of in the head that it can spin. I don't know if it actually spins or not, but, um, and even um, Camilla's pieces yeah. all looked really good. Really, really nice. I was actually really tempted to get one of hers because they lean cute. With Are like these the different the same animal price things? as the other three-inch Dunny series? Because I feel like these are all original sculpts. Everything is being resculpted: head, arms, body. It seems like it would be a little bit more expensive. Is it the same price, or is it is it more expensive? Um. Well, it says they're twelve dollars a piece, That's crazy. and that 
Yeah, I mean, that seems to be, yeah, if you go back and look at Kaiju, Dunning Battle, and Decon, they're all 12. So, yeah, they stuck with the retail, which, you're right, is kind of crazy. They must have done a a larger run, I think, to keep it at that price point, at least profitable at that price point. Because these are, every single piece is an all-new mold system. They're not really reusing anything. That's a good point. Hmm. But I think it's, I agree, super well done. I think it's killer. It's not, I, yeah. You know, I was just saying, you know what's killer is George's beard. (laughs) You know, okay. So George, I don't think I've seen pictures of you for a while. So I wasn't sure the state your beard was in, but I got to ask because you had this kind of like split going on, like a mustache beard. Like we're down the middle. It was like flat and then it flared off on the sides. He's growing some mad what? chops. Yeah, I want to know what the name of this is. Is it called a mustache beard? Is there a technical term? It was fancy. Uh, uh. <laughs> did Jess make you do this? Jess, did you make him do this? No. No? How are you liking the no, beard? Wait, she's coming in. I mean, it's almost like you could make little ponytails out of it, George. What's the question? Are we talking about his beard? Yeah. Yeah. So how did it how did it evolve into this like this like shave down the middle long sides thing going on? Uh, he just did it. Like I think <laughs> we were about to leave on a vacation too. It was like two days before vacation, and he comes out and like the middle's gone, and I was like, <laughs> uh, oh, I was like, okay, because he used to say like, oh, you have to have fun with it; it's an evolution, and I was like, okay, like whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, so like, but you're gonna you're gonna get rid of that before vacation, right? And he was like, no, this is this is what it is, and I was like, okay, like whatever, like I can't tell you what to do, and then um. But then he got a couple compliments on it, like on vacation, and now he thinks it's like the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I told you people love it. And I was like, well, just, just because the girl at the Harry Potter Museum with the shaved head complimented your beard doesn't mean it looks good. <laughs> it's a good look. <laughs> it's it's almost like like you're you'd been growing your beard out and you thought, eh. I'll go back to being shorter and you started the process and then you changed your mind and we're like oh this is a mistake so i'll just uh, stop here this definitely <laughs> wasn't a mistake at all and then like um <laughs> then we saw like a guy uh in one of the things that we were walking around with uh doc a and his family and this guy had a really sharp it was like george's like mutton chops but like sharper and refined and george just looked at me with a gleam in his eyes and i was like <laughs> And he like looks at me, he's like, that's gonna be next. And like he's already planning now like the things that he needs to shave and I was just like, Okay, like it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> like it it I don't know. I don't know. You need you need an Instagram beard evolution account, George, where you can just document the journey of your beard. Uh no, I think you guys all spend more time on it than I do. No, not really. Every even I went out with one of my girlfriends today, and she asked me, "So what's up with your husband's beard?" <laughs> and I was like, I, "You gotta ask yourself. Like, I can't." Why did you say anything? Because what's she gonna be like? What's up with your beard? Yeah, they just did. 
Yeah, but you look like you, like, uh, I don't know what you look like. What do I look like? Like, you belong on, like, a sailboat, like, <laughs> but, like, a, but, like an 18th century pirate boat. Like Captain Gordon, like the fish stick captain? Yeah! Like, with, like, little high-waisted suspenders with buttons. Are you still going to have this thing at DesignerCon, George? No, it's probably going to evolutionize. <laughs> Who knows what it'll look like by then. It'll wrap it, like, grow it long, then wrap it around the ears and all this weird oh, stuff. There's guys that do that. Don't. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, his proudest one. Have you told him about your rat tail that you're, like, the most proud about? It's a monkey tail. Oh, sorry. And I'm not most Wait, proud. That's just the, the one you make the most fun proud about. proud of that one. He's like, oh, did I ever tell you about my rat tail? Monkey tail. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, like, you did. You basically did like a like a long skinny beard. No, it's a word. It was a literal monkey tail that went from one side of his face, wrapped around his lips, <laughs> and oh. it could connect. I bet, I bet you can Google monkey tail beard it's, and it comes up. That sounds gross. And then the other side was like shooting. Was it shaved on the other side? <clears throat> Let me see if you can Google monkey tail. But it was a, a legit monkey tail yeah. that wrapped or <laughs> Google <laughs> monkey tail monkey tail beard. You'll see it. Oh, that is ugly, George. Right? And he's so <laughs> proud of it. Please don't do that. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it's actually hilarious because it looks like a G for George. No. There you go. Double G. <laughs> there we go. The no, worst. I already did that one. I don't need to do it again. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's some I can live with. This one is not that thing. That's not the one. Wow. Ugh. Listen, guys, I just live here. I'm in George's world. I just live in it. <laughs> So right now it's just a, it's just kind of sideburny side it's it's kind of mutton chop sideburn. It's like a eighteenth century sailor captain. Yeah. Fishing 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 guy. When is the beard competition, George? Oh, I'm not doing the beard competition of one. That's what you're growing this thing for. Nah, there's like they just had one in 2019, so the next one would be 2021. Listen, guys, like, nah, I'm not there's sure. one thing you need to know about George, and he's the most motivated person ever. <laughs> Get, go back and do your puzzle. <laughs> you really set your mind to a goal, and you really go for it. <laughs> it happens, okay, I miss you, Jess. Thanks. <laughs> Get out of here. Get <laughs> what else? What else happened in the last month or coming up that we have not talked about? There was some. Uh, what is it? Is it, who's the artist that does the skeleton half inside skeleton thing? Is it Jason Hurst? Freeney. Jason Freeney. No, the 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 famous artist. Uh, it's Hurst. Hurst. Hurst yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was two Hurst pieces in Leeds when we were there for the toy art thing. Oh, I saw you take you know, post pictures of that. Yeah, so we got to see those in person. Those were pretty amazing. They were huge. Wow. Or the one the one was huge, and the one's a regular-sized marble statue. Jeez. But imagine, like, a marble angel like you'd see in a cemetery, but done with the Hearst thing, with, like, the half-skeleton, half-muscles carved out of it, like, on, like, a real marble angel. 
it was amazing. It was really cool to see in person. That's cool. But we were making the joke that look how big Freeney got here in Leeds. <laughs> I've been seeing they're making big giant uh, Freeney statues as well. Are they? Yeah, they're like you know, like the you know how big that uh, you know the Ron English stuff has been going. Now they're making Freeney stuff that large. Really? I think it's through Mighty Jacks, but yeah, I've seen several photos. If you just go to uh, Freeney's Instagram account, he's going big. That's awesome. Yeah, he's blown up. I've seen that. Yeah. I gotta go look. I'm telling you, I feel completely out of the loop. The reason I'm out of the loop is I went over my dad at driving down here from Phoenix. I don't know if I had the, the nav system or whatever, but I exceeded my data plan for my phone, so... I literally have like no internet on my phone until the 17th of July. So unless I'm home using Wi-Fi, I can't do anything on my phone. It's like it literally it does nothing at this point. It's just it's just a phone. I got a $600 phone. That would drive me bananas. You're living in the Stone Age. I know. It is driving me nuts. I just looked at the Freeney statues and you're right. This is cool. They're setting up a giant um, dissected Elmo for uh, in Ty- uh, Taiwan, and yeah. cool. Freeney is just joining the ranks of very large-scale pieces like uh, English and Cause. I mean, Cause is, is doing like 40-foot statues and 40-foot blow-ups floating in the ocean, but you know, it, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. He's always got to be one <laughs> Well, I was looking at Freeney stuff. It, I remembered a few things that did drop at that uh, the Philippines ToyCon. Unboxed it a few things. There was um, some new Elfies with little outfits on and whatnot. But um, when I was looking here, I unboxed at their Philippine stuff. I looked and saw um, and was reminded of the Snorse that's coming, which I know you were really excited about, Gary. Yeah, so working with Pete Fowler, bringing back the Snorse. Wait, Unbox is doing a new Snorse? Yeah. Yes! Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, it looks cool, too. I'm wondering, because, well, they say the much-beloved Snorse from the Classic Monsters and Toy series is set to return imminently. They posted a digital rendering, and they said Snorse freckles and markings will be added more details soon. They posted that end of June. Whoa, that's so cool. I love the Snorse. But I'm curious to see, like, does that... You know, they'll do the Snorse, but, how, you know, will they do more than that? Oh, I have to imagine once you get P. Fowler for something, I imagine you got to do your best to keep him doing a few more pieces for you. The Snorse is the one oh. a lot of us are looking forward to, but I would imagine there's maybe at least one or two other pieces other than the Snorse in the, in the works. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If they do a giant, if they do a giant Snorse, I just hope it stands. Yeah, I remember you saying that yours didn't stand so well. That's the problem with those old snorses. They just don't stand. Yeah. The they were top heavy. heavy? Yeah, the head's too heavy. Uh, well, Unbox is pretty good at nailing that stuff down, so. Oh, yeah, there will be no issues with the Unbox one. Oh, I know something that, that came up while we were gone. This is kind of more teasing Teresa along with the Horrible Adorables Commission. Your Five Points Hall photo. Holy crap, you bought a lot. I had no idea you bought that much stuff there. And since then, I know you bought a lot of stuff. You're going crazy lately. Oh, I know. I don't look at my bank account sometimes because. <laughs> but have, like, where are you even putting this stuff anymore? That's what I'm concerned with. Like, it's just going to start taking over your house. I, you're running out of shelf space. I know you're out of shelf space. So where's all this stuff going? 
Um, Just on the kitchen table for now. I was gonna say the the picture I took of my haul was on my table and that hasn't moved. Can we talk it's about just... how long it took you to take that photo? <laughs> yeah, you were probably. I like me. how people probably think that Teresa just. Oh, I'm just gonna position the toys real fast here for a haul photo and take a pic. In your picture roll, how many pictures do you think you took before you posted it to Instagram? The funny thing is I actually set it up once, took some photos and didn't like it. So I did it all over again. <laughs> and I think, oh gosh, 50? Oh God, no, there's way more than that. You sent me that screenshot and it filled the entire screen. There must be 70, 80 maybe? It's it's insane. I, I, part of it might just be me and I'm a perfectionist. But I mean, I will sit and work to get it all right and like, I go to set it up and then I realize like one picture doesn't look like it's looking at the camera. So I might shift it and I'll play around the angle, like get them all positioned right. I don't want the weird to be weird glare. And I want like, do I position it above or like head on? And like, it's process. I don't, I don't know. I think other people are probably not like me. They just put it all on the table and take a picture. <laughs> yeah. No one is like you, but as far as hall photos, that was by far the best one. So you do take really nice photos. Yeah, well, thank you. But yeah, no, I I have toys all over the place right now. I have work has been so nuts that I haven't even had time to think about toys or organize or even look at news. So it's it's like a forever on the to do list item is organize and get more shelves and figure yes. out my toy situation. You know what you need? So, you need an autumn stag doorbell. That's this will be a nice segue for me to talk about my collaboration with Horrible Adorables again. So anyone who didn't hear the last episode, there is a collaboration that's going on with Horrible Adorables. They reached out to me because they wanted to make create their version of the autumn stag that I did. So they've taken the autumn stag, Chris made it out of wood, and they've uh, covered it in their amazing felt scale treatment, and it is gorgeous it's an absolute uh, absolute fantastic piece and just like my original autumn stag it'll still house all your minifigures and everything so it's a one-off creation it's only available through a gofundme account that horrible adorables has set up i think it's uh go to gofundme and search autumn stag adorable and it should show up they are looking to raise three thousand dollars for the world wildlife conservation network and all proceeds will go to that charity um you know minus some gofundme fees and shipping fees but otherwise it's a all the proceeds are going to the charity which is fantastic a five dollar donation will get you an entry to then be placing a raffle to win the piece and it's an uh you can win it it's not a a raffle to uh, win the right to purchase it. It's you will win it and you receive it for free if your name is drawn. So a five dollar entry gets you in. For every five dollars uh, you donate, you will get an entry. And if you donate twenty five dollars or more, you will receive a cute little enamel pin that I designed. So let's say you design uh, you you pledge twenty five dollars, you receive five entries into the raffle plus the enamel pin. So that's pretty cool. So if you want to win the chance to win something really unique and really cool and help in the wildlife out there while you're at it. This is your chance to do it. So please go to GoFundMe, search Autumn Stag Dorable, or we'll put the link to it in our show notes. Oh, I, I have entered for it. Um, I've actually debated going in and adding more because I've, we've solved at five points, and it is a really, really cool piece. And the fact that it's um, it's not like, like you said, it's not like a lottery where you enter, and then if you're, you're chosen, you have to pay you know, 300 500 whatever this 
piece is worth to own it, you get the thing. So right. it's a really cool thing. It looks fantastic. I wish I can enter it. It would be very weird if I entered and won it. It would feel rigged. So <laughs> I don't get the pleasure of owning that awesome piece. I think you can enter it and it wouldn't be rigged. It's going to be a random number generator. I know, but it's, it's just how people would perceive it, I think. Just It'd make be, sure you pay 25 so you get your pen, too. <laughs> I better get one for free. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Right. Oh, my gosh. I just saw – I'm sorry. I'll stop. Did you guys enter see, it under a fake name. Did anybody – you guys, either one of you see the Super 7 uh, Peanuts reaction figures that have been coming out for – San Diego Comic Con, reaction figures. Yeah, I have not. So these look awesome, George. And mainly, it's mainly for the packaging that looks so good. So you know how well, that's uh, what reaction's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really is. But so this year, you know, George, in the past, I think two or three years, they've been doing Masters of the Universe pop ups during San Diego Comic Con. Well, this year. It's called Good Grief, and it's a pop-up event using the Peanuts line. So they've done a series of um, reaction Peanuts figures, and I think in the, I don't know the exact sizes per se, but three point seven five, three point seven inch five figures, and there's one. So it's the backer cards. The backer cards are just beautiful. Now I like the figures too, but. It's really, really nice when you see it together with the backer boards. But there's another piece that is a 16-inch Snoopy vinyl release, and it has a fabric shirt, uh, Snoopy wearing the fabric Charlie Brown shirt. And that is the – I want that bad. That is an amazing piece. I don't know how much it is yet. I don't think that's been mentioned yet. But that – I'm a huge Peanuts fan. I love Charles, Charles Schultz. He's one of my inspirations. Him and Hank Ketchum, who did uh, – Dennis the Menace, so I'm absolutely a huge fan of this. And they're doing, George, it's all like the 1950s, very early. I was going to say, this looks like early Peanuts. I'm looking at them now on their site. Very early stage. And the mm-hmm. one is a, a backer board of the very first Peanuts uh, comic strip. And so that's back when Charlie Brown didn't have the stripe on his shirt. So these are just really cool. And I think the ones uh, with the black backer boards, I think those are going to be available after the pop-up event at San Diego Comic-Con, but I believe if you want the special Charlie Brown one with the white backer board and first comic book release and the large-scale 16-inch one that I mentioned, I think those are only going to be available at the pop-up event, which is taking place at San Diego Comic-Con this July 19th through the 21st. I have to say, well, and I don't think you mentioned the giant Snoopy comes with a removable Charlie Brown mask which is yes. super fun. And of course I, when we were looking at these, my favorite is the original Charlie Brown because it's the cutest to me and it's probably going to be harder to get. Yeah. So, but they're fun. And I agree. Like I'm, I typically would want to pull it out of the packaging, but I feel like this is one where you might keep it all together or buy two, like keep one for the packaging and one to pop out. Yeah. I think if I could, I would, I would just buy two. What about yeah. the fact that there's three felt pennants? What? There are pennants. There's three pennants. I haven't seen this. By the way, at Funko, that will be my first order of business, is getting some Funko (laughs) pennants out there. Well, I'm telling you, Super 7's doing it right here. Look, it's finally time. No, they've done pennants in the past. They've done some like uh, Wolfman and uh, some other Frankenstein. They've done pennants, uh, I think, in the last year. But you did it first, Gary. I did. 
You started. <laughs> I'll take credit. But the I've revolution. Been, you know, they made these things a long time ago. But I've been, I've been waiting for this terrible pennant. I've been waiting for this trend to come back. It's cool. Well, and you know, the other thing is because it's a pop up, it's not in the event. So if you're in the area, you can go. It doesn't require a Comic Con badge. Oh my God. <laughs> I need that yellow Charlie Brown one. And the good grief. Oh. Sounds like you need to make a trip down to San Diego. I can. I'm working. But yes, <laughs> I need these. I'm, I didn't think I would ever need a mule, but I need a mule. Who's going to San Diego? Hit me up. I need a mule. Uh, you know one, goofball. Don't keep that in here, but he offered to help, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind trying to stop by. It's it's not exactly near the convention center. It's like it's what five six blocks away, George. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a, a walk. It's up the street. It's, it's up walk. the street a bit. Yeah. Well, all you can do is ask the question. Maybe he's already gonna go. Are you eating? Yeah, I figured we were. <laughs> I figured we were cutting this part out, so I was throwing some gummies in my mouth. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, have you all tried this new gummy factory brand? No. Uh, I. Re- I highly recommend the gummy fun mix and the soda pop gummies. They are fantastic. Not familiar. I'll stop eating. I can. I can. I'm gonna just laugh away in my mouth, and then we'll. I'll wait till the end for the rest. Okay. I'm still thinking about those pants. I'm trying to think if there's anything else for San Diego that you know. We've, I know we've talked about it before. We still have time to, to talk fun. about that. We got some time. Yeah, I mean, there's still news filtering in, but I, I know we're not going to see a ton of designer toy stuff, which is not a designer toy event. Well, really, the only designer toy person going there anymore is Andrew Bell. What's he bringing? Um, I do know he's going to have a new giant kill cat. Um. I'm trying to remember the name of the colorway. Is it habanero pepper or something like that? Ah, I did see that. Yeah, that's nice. And it's the giant size, the king size kill cat. So that's going to be a big piece. Yep. He's been, I think he's... Retro still has a boot there. Oh, do they? What are they releasing, George? Uh, I have no idea. As a project manager, you should know this. I know nothing about release dates. (laughs) Well, we were talking about the... (laughs) We were talking about the Thimble Stump booth at uh, Anime Expo, and I do know there is a plan to have one at San Diego, so that'll be interesting. And usually Chris and Amanda also pair up with Cardboard Spaceship there and do some other stuff. I think he was teasing some new resin minis on his Instagram stories, so I don't know. We will see. Okay. I think we can start wrapping up. Oh, there's one thing that I wanted to point out that the Toy Chronicle did this. Uh, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but they did a really cool article on the five important tips to protecting your brand. So I thought it was uh, an important read. And so anyone who is looking to start making toys and producing, if, especially if you're wanting to create a brand and eventually get into licensing and all that sort of stuff, protect your brand. I'm not going to go through it here, but go to the Toy Chronicle, scroll and find that article and uh, learn up. That's it. Cool. All right, guys. It's been good talking <laughs> to you. Talk to you in August. Oh, wait. I forgot one more thing. Okay. 
when we were out in the, we're, I think we were still in London at this point. We found a toy store called is it Han- Hanley's or something like that? Hanley's, yeah. Hanley's, Hanley's. Um, and it's like five stories tall. It was like a huge, like department store toy store. Wow. Um, and it was awesome going into a toy store again. But I also got they had an exclusive. What are those guards called? You know, like the changing of the guard guards with the big bear hats on, the big tall hat. <laughs> changing of the guard guys. I don't know. I don't live in the <laughs> Europe. Whatever. British guards. They had uh, yeah. they had an exclusive Lego version of them, and they had an exclusive Playmobil version of them. So I got two toys while I was out there. Nice. It's like yeah. FAO Schwartz UK style. Yeah, it's like Toys R Us, FAO Schwartz UK. Like yeah, but I think. I don't even. I, I've been in the store before. I think they had one in Dubai, and I didn't know that it was like a UK store. So I think it's an originally a UK store. It's called Hamleys. Hold on, let me get the package. So H A M L E Y S. I'm going yeah. to the Google. Nice. That's it, Hamleys. Wow, never heard of them before, but yeah, this is uh... Gary Hamleys. Interesting. All right, let's wrap this up. It's eight o'clock here in uh, Seattle. I have another eight, another hour and a half of daylight, which is crazy. Sundown at nine thirty here. Ridiculous. It is crazy. It's amazing. Actually, it's dark. It's getting. It stays lighter there than here, and we're we're always um, like the lightest on the east because we're right along the time zone area. And it's usually dark little after nine right lately. Yeah, we're we, lately we've been at the playground to almost nine thirty. Which is Damn. past the kids' bedtime, by the way. I don't like this. This new time change really is screwing up the kids' bedtime because they think, you know, how everyone thinks, sundown, that's bedtime. So now it's sundown here at nine thirty. They think they can stay up late. So on occasion we let them stay up a little later, but we need to start cracking down on that. All right, so let's wrap this up. This has been the. Uh, why don't each of you take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can find you? Teresa, go first. Sure. Teresa Hawkins, if you all want to check me out, find me on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. George. Um, you can find me at double G Toys on Instagram, and that's enough. And But I do want to say thank you to uh, Bruce and Brian and Max for having us invade their space and show us an awesome time while we were out there in the UK. Thank you to Toy Art UK for an awesome show and having us in there. It's very cool. Nice. Very cool. All right, I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at superham.com or Gary Ham on Instagram. Otherwise, this has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We're going to try to get back to doing this every single week, not because we have to. Because, because we, we want to. to. Alright, so until our next transmission, yeah. we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.